Grant, am I clear? Yep, there we go, loud and clear. Hi, everyone. It's 9 o'clock. It's time for the Handicap Rugby Chat that matters. Thursday night, what are we now in early February? It is time for the Six Nations. It feels like just the other day we had Six Nations, and that's because the Six Nations only ended late last year, of course. We then went into the Autumn Nations Cup. But it's great to have international rugby back, and even though we're not going to have crowds, uh, certainly some great rugby to look forward to over the coming weeks. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about a Pro 14. I hope I haven't uh, disappeared there with with my uh, my connection. Another thing which we'll we'll chat about is uh, the Gallagher Premiership. But let me introduce my guest now. Uh, it's a thoughts on sports, uh, Neil. Neil, good to have you back on the show. No, Brent. Very happy to be here. It was a bit of a, a mixed bag for me last weekend. I should have stuck to my guns, but I got a bit greedy on a on a Sunday afternoon. My fight a bit too big into to Harlequins wasps under fifty three and a half. Unfortunately for that, four tries in the last thirteen minutes of the game uh, sent me packing. It was an intercept try, it was a penalty try, and it was just utter chaos. And it was especially um, heartbreaking in the sense that 67 minutes out of game, we're at uh, that 365 just to see what the middle line is. It's always nice to you as an undisputed just look at the mind at ease and know where the, where the current line is. And it was sitting at 44 and a half. So I thought I was plain sailing. That wasn't, not, wasn't to be. But yeah, I ended up probably just under maybe about square for the weekend. But I'm rearing to go this weekend. We've got some nice plays lined up for the boys. Excellent. Well, looking forward to getting those from you. I mean, I had a cracking weekend. I must say, and I strong into the Curry Cup. If you followed the newsletter selections, you did pretty well. I think we hit the two big bets as well as a four-to-one uh, play that the teams had scored the same amount of tries. So, really good weekend there. Um, and do go down below and you can uh, subscribe to our free uh, newsletter, which comes out on a Friday. And you can also click through to the Good for the Game forum thread. I can tell you lots of good posts, particularly on the Six Nations and some of the long-term bets. Uh, lots to look forward to there over, over the coming weeks. But I know exactly what you mean, Neil. When you're on unders, it's amazing how you watch that points line and you just love it. Every time it ticks down another notch, you sort of think to yourself, I'm feeling better and better about my bet. And then suddenly there's a try or the betting suspended and, and, and it goes hopping up. So I love watching the markets as well when, when I'm betting. But let's move on to the uh, to the Six Nations. And uh, just welcome to the guys in the live chat. I see Ruan Faree saying good evening. He stays down the road for me. Hey, Ruan, it's great that we've actually got electricity for a change in our area most of the time. One of us is without without electricity. But Neil, looking at the Six Nations, the long term, I mean, we've got England as favourites, France second favourites. Have you got involved in, in some of the long term markets, or are you sticking more to the matches? So Brent, usually I am I'm not a, a big long term player, just purely because I don't like having my capital sort of um, locked up. I feel like if I can get a nine to ten shot in the weekend, I'm more than happy to take that, rather than sort of an eleven to ten, twelve to ten play. But there's one, there's one play I did have a little nibble at, and that was for um, uh, a team to get the Grand Slam as no. And reason being is just I feel like um, England have a couple of tricky fixtures away from home where, yes, they might be favourites, but I, they could possibly get rolled over there. Then, then there's obviously like the France, the France factor, where France are sort of looking like quite a strong side now. At the moment, so I just feel like between England and France, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them slip up. So I can't see any team going unbeaten. So getting at sort of even money nine to ten for for no to a grand slam, that definitely caught my eye. And I took in the board that. Right, and just uh, looking at the good for the game forum, uh, quite a few, a few interesting picks. And I see Southpaw's come with an interesting play, player of the tournament, and he's gone Finn Russell there, thirty-three to one. Now you're not going to do any damage at that sort of price. And I can tell you that Southpaw was on, I think it was Interbuck last season that he was on, and I think he, he collected on him there. So some really good markets. I know that one you can get at, at uh, the play of the tournament. If you go on to Sunbet, you can have a look at that. And we've also got a top 
top point scorer there. I see Owen Farrell trading quite short there, near at 11 to 10. A lot of guys on uh, Jalibert from, from France. I've seen him quoted on the forum at 6 to 1. Uh, yeah, I'm looking around now. I'm seeing 4 or 5 to, to 1 on him. So that's another great uh, long-term market that guys can get involved with. And, of course, the try scorer where we've got Johnny May as the 9 to 2 favorite. But personally, I'm not too involved yet from, from an outright point of view. Although I must tell you, let's just talk about the actual outright winner for the, for the moment. I know you say you don't fancy a grand slam, and we'll get some thoughts from, from Jordan from Son of a Punt later as well. But I look at the betting here, five to four England, nine to four France, Ireland four to one. The bookies are pricing this as a three horse race, almost a two horse race. Would you agree with that? Uh yeah, to be honest, Brent, I can't see um either way Scotland or Italy sort of competing. So that does bring you down to, to France, Ireland and England. Um, I like to think that Ireland have sort of put um, their over-expectations on the previous years behind them, and they are willing to sort of push those, push England and now France into that sort of top spot. But I need, definitely need to see, see a bit more from them, especially in their away form to sort of warrant that. And I think they're going to have a couple of tricky fixtures, especially the, the most notable one is I think that England do visit uh, do visit Dublin in, in, I think, it's the penultimate round. So that will definitely be a, an, an absolute cracker. I sort of expect the... the the handicap for that to maybe get about three and a half, four and a half in England's favour. And if if Ireland do sort of look quite appealing throughout the tournament, that is maybe a plus I would I would uh, look to get on. Just with regards to anything else in the outright market, um, I probably would take a nibble at Jalibert, um top points for it. Um, obviously, Intermac out, you can get a great price. Well, I think it's five to one. You can get five and a half to one if you, if you shop around. And in the points market, I wouldn't... I uh, sorry, in the try market, I'm not a big try player, but I think Teddy Toma at about six and a half to one is probably worth worth some beer money in that. I can actually see that he's even at ten to one. Yeah, I'm spotting him at at Sunday, so that's quite a hearty price. If, if you were willing to take sort of say sevens and you can get ten, I also like him. I think he's a prolific try scorer. The only thing about him, I guess, this will apply to all the teams. The only thing is, you know, that when they rotate the squads, if the guy gets the game time. And I guess what you want him to do is you want him to play the game against Italy because that's where he's most likely to probably, you know, pick up two or three tries. So some some really interesting long-term markets there. But let's get into the let's get into the matches of the weekend. There we've got three matches to look forward to here on the Six Nations. I'm using player bets odds here, but obviously have a look around wherever you can get the best price. And we've got Italy up against France. That's first up on Saturday in Rome. And we've got Italy plus 21 and a half here, Neil, a big handicap. But hell, the Italians, I think I saw a stat. They haven't won a game since something like 2015 in the Six Nations. Hmm. Brent, so initially when this came out, um, it opened at, I think it was around, around 17 and a half. And at those levels, I wasn't too sure because I think that um, there were a couple of injury doubts on both sort of sides. And I was sort of waiting for that to clear before I had a good idea about what side either team would put out. And for France, they're going, they're going absolutely guns blazing here. And I think that... The only real loss is Intermac at 10. But, I mean, Jolibert is a, a proper quality player. Whereas Italy, I think, are missing six or seven first-choice players. And it's a pretty influential player. So, I think Negri's out, Pelleggi's out, and a couple of other players. And I saw, actually, a, an interesting little snippet from from Twitter today that there's not a single player over the age of 30 in the, in the Italian side. So, they're going with quite a, a blend of youth. And so, yeah, at 21 and a half, it's very tricky. Um, at 20 and a half, I usually like to back a home side on a plus, but with no supporters, France in red-hot form, um, Sean Edwards at, as the French defensive coach, I can't see the, the French um, 
letting in too many points. I did see a, a hint of a points line. I think it was at 34 and a half, 12 and a half. Initially, I wanted to take Italy over 12 and a half, but that was before I realized that it's so many players out. But I think for now, I'll probably leave this game alone. But if I had to, if I was pushed, I would take um, France minus 20 and a half. Right, France on the minus, if pushed there. Well, let's have a look at that total points line. Now, you, you mentioned the individual points, 34 and a half and 12 and a half. And here we got, yeah, 47 and a half. I think there's 48 and a half around, depending where you look in this game. Are you, what, what are you thinking here? Are you thinking, uh, is this a market you want to get involved in? Uh, to me, it, it does worry me when there's a big handicap that, that you know, if, if, if there could always be consolation tries, let's put it this way, even for the side like Italy at the end. Yeah, Brent, it is. I think it's a very well-priced game. I have seen that um, Matthew Carley is on the whistle. It's quite weird. I probably would, would lean him as an overs ref, but that's more in sort of the domestic rugby that I've watched him play. It's a bit trickier when um, you obviously see these international international fixtures. I haven't had too much of a look at the weather in Rome recently, but I did look at it on about Tuesday and it did look relatively clear, clear to date. So I think at 47 and a half, it is probably... Um, it's it's probably a pretty spot online. Right, it's nice that we can actually get points lines. You know, with Six Nations, the bookies, I suppose there's not that many variables. They come out a little bit earlier with the lines. So nice that we can at least chat about that on a Thursday night. But uh, let's move on to the next game. It's England up against Scotland. And here we've got uh, England minus 14 and a half. Just before we get into that, welcome to the guys on the live chat. Uh, I see Brendan Vessels, the conductor, joining us. The conductor, we know you've uh, had a bit of a a stretch in hospital there, but you're at home recovering now. We look forward to having you back on the show and getting your views on the rugby. And also to Shane, one of our Irish viewers coming in. Shane, we'll have Oracle back on the show soon. Don't worry. He's just in a bit of a convalescence of the blowing half of Granny's pension. England, minus 14 and a half there, Neil. Uh, Bryn, just before we touch on that, um, I just want to allude to uh, uh, one more outright player, which I think Jordan mentioned to me midweek. Um, he's mentioned that for England to get the triple crown. So what that means is that... Oh, yes, yes. That's Ireland. Um, so it's excluding France, in other words. So that's Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. So they play they play Scotland this week, and I think they're 1-10 to 10 to beat Scotland. So you, if we're going by pure mathematics, that's a given. And then they play... Um, the following fixture is against... Sorry, the next part of the, the Triple Crown is Wales away in Millennium Stadium. However, with no fans, I, I can't see them being like less than three to ten there, sort of six and a half, seven and a half, maybe five and a half there. And then the final game is against Ireland in Dublin. So that's obviously the trickiest game. But I mean, if you if you really want to say that they will probably beat Scotland at home and then Wales away, you're sort of getting you're going to have an 11, 11, 12 to 10 shot with them beating Ireland away. So I think that is quite good value if you are looking for, for an outright play. But just yeah, going... That's uh, no, right, carry on. Yeah, then just, just alluding to the, the handicap for this for this weekend, I've taken... I took Scotland plus 17 and a half early days. I saw it drop to 16 and a half. I was happy to load some more. I still see there's 15 and a half quite readily available. And for me, that's that's probably my strongest fancy on the Six Nations this weekend. So this, I really do enjoy the, the team that the Scots have, have put up. They've added a bit more grunt into the pack. Um, I do enjoy Johnny Gray in the second row. I see that Gary Graham's on the bench. He's been playing superb rugby for the Falcons. So they should add, yeah, he's just really kept it tight. And I feel like that's what Scotland have lacked over the years in the set piece. They often struggle to sort of get over the advantage line. 
line. If Finn Finn has a half decent game, then I feel like the Scots will walk this handicap. Excellent. Let's have a look. I received a a, a tweet, uh, not a tweet, a WhatsApp from from Dave, and just get Dave Cooney in in, in Ireland and just get his thoughts. I see uh, he likes England here one to twelve, and I think that's going to be a popular bet. Neil, I actually fancy. I think Scotland. I, I, w- I wouldn't mind getting the seventeen and a half, but I like Scotland even a plus fourteen and a half. I've been quite impressed with them of late, and I think they're capable of giving England a decent run for their money. Uh, yeah, I don't see England getting beaten, and I like the logic of we'll hear from Jordan briefly at the end of the show. I think he probably highlights that bet as well. I think there was some fifteen to ten uh, England to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to win the triple crown there. But yeah, I'm going Scotland. Yeah, I think that Scotland are are, are going to push England relatively close. Um, yeah, and, and I just haven't been that impressed by England. They've got a lot of big names, and I just haven't been that impressed with them. They, they battled against, a, let's call it a French second team at the, at the end of that Autumn Nations Cup, and I thought France, you know, the French team very nearly took that, and I'm just not convinced England are going to arrive on the handicap. So I'm on the Scots there, and the good news is we've also got a points line to discuss here, 47.5 at Twickenham. Yeah, Brent, so that's actually quite an interesting points line. Um, I see that is uh, Wayne Barnes on the whistle. So what that probably places it at a bar. So what are the individual points lines? Is that 33 and a half, England? Sorry, 30, 31 and a half, 16 and a half. I definitely yeah. was hoping for 15 and a half Scotland. I think over 15 and a half Scotland would, be, would definitely be the play. Uh, but at this, once again, Wayne Barnes definite um, over draft. Uh, sorry, I'm, I've got this wrong. Wayne Barnes is refing in Wales. Oh, uh, I think yes, it is with Matthew Carley. Sorry, it's, it's, it's Andrew Brace. Andrew Brace is refing. So with him on the whistle, I probably wouldn't touch the total points line, but I'll definitely look for Scotland over 15 and a half available. And to the handicap there is that England have not beaten a minus since the Rugby World Cup in 2019. So they didn't okay. beat a single minus in, in every single game last year. So they really do struggle against those those big minuses. And I think that the last two times that uh, England and Scotland have played, uh, there was that 38 draw. I think everyone sort of remembers that. That was a, a wonder game at, at uh, Twickenham. And then England required a late try to go up 13-6 in treacherous conditions um, in Scotland. So I think that was last year, early last year. So I think at 14 and a half, 15 and a half, uh, yeah, that's that's firmly where I am in this camp. All right, yeah, I think we're, we're aligned on that one. I'm not sure that I'm particularly strong on anything so far on this weekend, but certainly uh, I do like the Scots there a little bit on the plus. Let's move on to the next game then, and it's Wales up against Ireland. I don't have a points line for this one as yet, but there has been some money for Ireland. I, I know you've been tracking the betting quite closely. I think it started off probably a pretty close to choice. It's coming now. Uh, Ireland, our favourites here at minus two and a half. I think there's around seven to ten that they win the game outright. And generally, most of the punters, Neil, that I've come across seem to be in the Irish camp this weekend. No, Brent, I think I, I joined them in that camp as well. Um, for me at the moment, it's really tough to back Wales, Wales when they've not got any home crowd in front of them. Big team in transition. Um, there's just no there at the moment. Uh, each week, the selections just change. There might be good players on the pitch, but if they don't have that harmony, which sort of Welsh rugby's been synonymous for, then it's just it's just really tough to back them. Wales have always prided themselves on on their defence. I think they were the most disciplined side between uh, the 2015 Rugby World Cup and the 2019 World Cup in terms of penalties given and cards conceded. And in the last year under Wayne Pivish, they've just leaked tries. And I think that 
if, if they're turning their biggest strength into a weakness, then it's really tough to back them. So I'm quite firm on Ireland on the minus two and a half. I did take Ireland for biggers eight to ten to win initially. I saw that and I couldn't believe it. It opened a near choice game. And I probably will learn more some uh, Ireland 1 to 12 at about 16 to 10, just for some good value there. I think that's a cracking play. On points wise, I probably expect this to open at about 43 and a half, as I do. I've heard that the uh, the roofs open this weekend at the Millennium Stadium. Oh, that's interesting. I was going to ask you the question if you knew if it was if it was open or or closed. So it's always uh, interesting when they when they open it. Yeah, points line at, at about that sort of line. I won't be getting involved, but like you, I like the Irish. Yeah, I'm on the Irish. I took a little bit of seven to ten that they won. I didn't get the early price, but uh, but I wanted to get in before it shortened any further. I do think they're going to beat the Welsh. I, I know a lot of people make the point. You've got to be careful about talking about the club form of sides. You know, saying Ireland clubs like Leinster and Munster are playing so well. And, you know, Wales, yeah, okay, a couple of them are performing, but, you know, you'd think Ireland are a lot stronger. But when you put 15 internationals on the field, it obviously becomes a different game. But I'm on the Irish camp here. I think definitely Ireland for me on the minus two and a half. I just want to have a look at uh, Dave's pick here, and he is going uh, the 1 to 12 uh, pick for, for Ireland. And I see Shane coming in as well, and he's also going 1 to 12. And I guess in Six Nations fixtures, Neil, the 1 to 12 is, is an option you have to consider because it's, you know, generally quite heavy conditions. But aside from that, the sides are, you know, it's all about winning the game more than anything else. And it's generally pretty competitive. No, definitely, Brent. So I'm touched on there. The 1 to 12 is is, is definitely a go-to for me in sort of close European internationals. Um, the ref also always, it's quite funny how it works out. They always have a way of keeping sort of the underdog um, in the game as such. And there's never, there aren't often like runaway games. So I think the 1 to 12, you can often get it at about 15 to 10, 16 to 10 if you really shop around. I think that's a cracking play. And I'm almost certain that if you had to take that in most games throughout the course of the campaign, you would end up in the green. Right, excellent. Well, we'll come back at the end of the show and talk about your, your best Six Nations better or anything else that, that, that strikes you. But we're going to talk a little bit of, of other rugby uh, that's taking place this weekend. And let's start off with, what I know is a bit of your speciality, Neil. You love the Premiership. I can remember getting WhatsApps from you sort of two weeks before the Premiership starts and you already start looking at it. And I must admit, first and, first and foremost, let me say I've been watching quite a lot of Premiership and I'm really enjoying it. I think the quality of the rugby is, is excellent. Watching teams, I think I, I went, I was last Friday night, I was actually away uh, at a place called Malib, I always call it Malibungu, Malibungu in the, in the Limpopo province there. And I just thought, oh, let me have a bet. And I went overs in the Bristol Bears game. And I mean, the sort of rugby they played was just phenomenal. They blew blew their opponents away. And uh, yeah, uh, some, some real quality stuff. So let's have a look at that. And I'll run through the fixtures. And you can give me your thoughts. If you don't have any firm views, no problem. And if it's something you like, then shout. And, and funny enough, Bristol Bears is first up on Friday night against the Sale Sharks. And here we've got a handicap of minus seven and a half for Bristol Bears. Yeah, Brent, uh, the Bristol Bears are sort of my bogey team at the moment. And it's not too surprising as they are the team I do support in the Premiership and have actually have been fortunate enough to visit um, Ashton Gate. So I think I took early doors eight and a half plus sale. Um, I just think that sale will, will keep this game close. Um, sale aren't the biggest scorers, scorers of points, but they also don't tend to concede too many. I think they will tame the sort of Bears barbarian style play. I do see that semi-rundrandra is out for, for Bristol. So I just think that they'll have enough in the pack, uh, John, Ross and, John Ross and Kerr, to, to cover the sports. Yeah, I, I've taken some plus eight and a half. I do like that. Right, moving on to the next game. It's Wasps against the Northampton Saints. 
Uh, Wasps here are minus five and a half point favorites against the Saints side that, from what I've seen this season, and I, I don't follow it nearly as closely as you, Neil, but they appear to be struggling. Yeah, Brent, so they actually had probably their worst season ever last year. I think they lost seven games on the bounce at home. And recently they've managed to, to, to turn that around a bit. They, they beat the spread against Worcester uh, two rounds ago. And then in the last round, they got a, an away victory against Gloucester. So in that regard, they are on the up, um, having covered both spreads there. Uh, but a four and a half away to Wasps, I'd probably lean on the Wasps minus here, but not with a lot of confidence. Right, let's move on to the Bath, Rugby in a Bath. I think they're also, yeah, and this is a game I know you've got an opinion on. I know a few of the guys have, have mentioned this on, on the forum and on the WhatsApp and all the rest. Bath Rugby up against Harlequins. And here we've got Bath plus three and a half, Harlequins minus three and a half. Yeah, Brent, so this, I think, with a lot of people, this is definitely my strongest feeling on the Premiership this weekend. I managed to get some 15 to 20 or 0.75 on on Quinn's early early doors. I, I couldn't believe that I was getting near near uh, to a close game when I knew all the internationals that would be out for Bath, and I did their um, ravaged with injuries at the moment. And to be honest, they're just not playing the level of rugby that I, I think that they would expect to play. So their coach is under big pressure at the moment. The Quins are on fire. They haven't lost many players um, to international duty, so they're very settled units. Their set piece will absolutely boss um, Bath in the scrum and the lineout. And Marcus Smith's just a magician at the moment in the number 10 jumper. And yeah, at two and a half, which is still quite freely available, I'm all over that Quinn's minus. Right, Holly Quinn's minus looking like your best bet there of the premiership. The Leicester Tigers up against the Worcester Warriors here. We've got Leicester, the home team, at six and a half point favourites. Yeah, Brent, this is probably the game which I, I at least have an opinion on. I, I capped it at six and a half myself. So that's just purely the, the home side rule in the premiership that you have. Uh, Worcester are a very tough team to pick. Um, they don't lose a lot of players to international duty. They managed to cover the spread quite handsomely against Exeter last weekend. But on the road, they, they have their big, they've got big troubles on the road. Um, Leicester should have enough in the tank to cover the spread. So if anything, I'd probably lean uh, minus four and a half uh, Tigers. Right, London Irish up against Gloucester. Here we've got London Irish, the home team, minus three and a half. Another, another tricky fixture... Uh, here, Brent. Um, London Irish are quite a strong side at home. They generally sort of pull out most of their points in the Premiership at home. Um, they've got quite a nice core unit of Aussies there, actually. So, um, and yeah, Creevy and Co. as well. But Gloucester are sort of a, a team in turmoil at the moment. Um, can't buy a win at the moment. They play, they sort of play a fantastic brand of rugby, high-scoring games, um, for fantastic tries. But they just have no idea how to close out the games, how to secure any sort of victory or morale amongst the team. But for this, I actually sneakily feel uh, a bounce back from Gloucester here. So I've taken some uh, Gloucester plus three and a half. I think that they, they'll they'll cover this. I think it's going to be a, a seriously close game. Gloucester knows sort of do or die for them in the Premiership. If the if the Premiership doesn't get a ring fence, then Gloucester are in big trouble and at big risk of going down. So I think that they've really targeted this game as as a big performance coming up here. Right, Gloucester on the plus there takes us to the final game of the weekend, the Newcastle Falcons. Up against Exeter Chiefs, who I really love playing, although I don't think they've been quite at their best of late. They are the favourites of Newcastle, minus eight and a half. Yeah, Brent, I think Newcastle have sort of been the unsung heroes of the, of the Premiership this season. I think they've only covered the spread in, uh, failed, sorry, failed to cover the spread in one out of their six fixtures to date. So they've been a very strong side to back at home. 
However, they, for the last fixture, they did have a new 9-10 combo and were missing the likes of Mark Wilson and Gary Graham on international duty, which is a huge cog in their sort of four dominant set-piece orientated games, obviously quite far up north in England. However, the Chiefs are no stranger to the four dominant battles. I expect that the Chiefs will take it straight to them. And I think that the Chiefs got a bit of a wake-up call in, in getting run quite closely against Worcester last fixture. So I think that if, if Team News plays its part, the Chiefs will be uh, right up for this fixture. And I've seen some minus six and a half Chiefs at eight to ten. So I'm going to be happy to take that. Right, minus six and a half at eight to ten. Often better to shop around and rather take a couple of points less and maybe take the eight to ten instead of the nine to ten. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, going to see what, what we come out with for, for the newsletter tomorrow. Um, I think it's going to be one that we have to mull on overnight. That's the uh, premiership. We'll, we'll come and sum it up now. Neil, I'm just looking at the Pro 14. I can only see one game priced up. I don't know if you've seen any more, but um, we can run through that one. And it's the Newport uh, Dragons. And, um, yeah, I don't know if Jules, Jules is watching tonight live. I know he did message me earlier, so I'm sure otherwise you'll watch the recording. His Dragons team are plus six and a half at home to Connacht. Brent, I think you and me both know what uh, Dave Cooney will have to say about about the home side here. But um, <laughs> this is yeah, this is a very tricky game for me. Um, Dragons have been quite good against the spread recently, especially in the home fixtures. And they've covered most of their home fixtures to date this season. However, they're missing quite a few players to international duty. And I see that um, Connor have welcomed back Jack Carty at 10, who's quite an influential player for them. And after Connacht's a uh, couple of rocky fixtures, I know they, they lost to... Ospreys at home in the last fixture. So I think they'll be they'll be expecting a, a bounce back. So I think I'm going to shop around and try to get minus four and a half um, Connor had sort of the eight to ten region, and I'll be happy to take that. Excellent. Well, before we get into your best bets and, and probably my final thoughts for the week, let's just have a quick look. Jordan sent us this uh, short little clip with his uh, thoughts for the week. This is Jordan from Son of a Punt. Hi, everyone. Um, hope you all have a good punting weekend this weekend. Um, Looking at the six nations, I really like England to get the Triple Crown, which is beating Ireland, Wales, and Scotland. You can get that at 2.5 at Sunbet. Um, I don't see England having a problem with Wales or Scotland, and then Ireland will be the final match of the tournament, so I think they'll be up for it. And then I also like Quinns to take care of Bath this weekend in the Premiership. All the best. Cheers. Right, that was Jordan there. I must say, it looks like he's modelling his hair on me. Um, I'd like to think we look like brothers, not father and son. But anyway, uh, that, that, that was uh, Jordan's thoughts on the weekend. Anything anything you want to say on that one? I know you did fancy the one already, uh, uh, the, the, the Six Nations bet there, Neil. Yeah, it's always nice when I think uh, myself and the son of a punch sports are aligned for the weekend. So yeah, I'm feeling a little more confident now. Excellent. Well, let's move into that uh, part of the show where we get into our best bets. Uh, maybe uh, let us know your strongest bet across all platforms, and then and then possibly your best Six Nations bet if that's not uh, if that's not uh, your strongest bet for the weekend. Uh, so strongest bet for the weekend is Scotland plus fifteen and a half, and probably tied with Quinn's minus two and a half. I think both of those are absolute crackers. Those are definitely yeah, definitely my two strongest plays for the weekend, and then. Then other players I do like, I really enjoy um, Ireland minus two and a half or sort of six, uh, 0.65 uh, board, whatever whatever you enjoy. Excellent. Well, I like um, Ireland on the minus two and a half. I like, quite like them. It's probably my best bet, certainly of the Six Nations. I'm going to go along with you guys, definitely, uh, and go with uh, 
Quincy on the minus as well. And in fact, what I'll probably do is I'll look to take a double on the board. I'll take uh, Quinns to win on the board and Ireland to win on the board and uh, work out that double. It'll probably come in around the 15 to 10, 16 to 10 mark. And that might be one of my bets of the weekend. But Neil, it's been great chatting to you. Uh, are you heading out now? Um, now? Now that we've got an 11 o'clock curfew, or are you in for the in for the night? I know you said you're quite busy at work. No, work's, work's definitely heated up. So I'll probably um, be enjoying a bit of the yeast at home and just cracking it and watching some rugby. Yeah. But Brent, I do have a couple of uh, fields in the early doors in the super rugby markets that got released this week. So oh, yes. Thanks for reminding me. I meant to bring that up here. Yeah, so just the opening fixtures, I'll just run through the Aussie comp first. So they've opened up with Reds minus nine and a half against the Tars, Tars and then fourth plus nine and a half against the Brumbies. And I'm all over the fourth to cover against the Brumbies at home. Um, sea of Blue hopefully will be out in full force um, if COVID allows. Uh, the force have recruited a couple of stray Argentinian Jaguares players. So they've got a they've got a good squad. I know that they've got Carney as well from from Lancaster. But I think that the the force on the plus nine and a half is my best bet in that Aussie comp. And then just going down to the to the Super Rugby Aotearoa, they've got uh, Blues at eleven to ten to be Cairns, but away from home. So that's Cairns at home. I think that's a great bet to to back the Blues. Um, I'm, I'll be looking to oppose the Cairns quite heavily this season. I'm just not impressed with with where they've gone um, at the moment. And then they've also gone Highlanders plus nine and a half at home against the Crusaders, which at first view, if ever I get close to a double digits, and I've mentioned this before in a New Zealand derby, I generally jump on it, especially in the opening game. But I am a little bit tentative because I'm, so, I'm still sort of a little bit unsure about the makeup of, of the Highlanders squad. But you best believe I'll be doing my due diligence and and following some of the Highlanders' players' uh, wives and girlfriends this weekend just to see if they're training hard and getting their, their rest or night's sleep. And I'll be looking to probably back that Highlanders plus nine and a half. That's simple. Be strong asking is a Super Rugby Aroteria starting. Yes, it is not right away, though. I think it's something like the 26th of Feb or something like that it gets going. So we do have a while, but Neil likes to pick up on some of those early handicaps that come out. And that's really your opportunity to take advantage and maybe catch up on uh, the bookmakers who might not be quite as sharp and on the ball. But thanks, everyone, who uh, did watch in the live chat. Uh, if you watched the recording as well, please do subscribe to our channel if you haven't done so yet. And go down below the, on YouTube, and you can uh, subscribe to our newsletter and also follow the Good for the Game forum. But, Neil, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Um, I'm sure you've got a busy uh, month ahead and a busy weekend ahead, but let's hope it's a profitable one and we can beat the bookies. Yeah, Brent, all the best to, to those who are throwing a bit of coins at bookmakers this weekend, and let's come out on top. Excellent. Uh, that was uh, at Thoughts on Sports on Twitter. Look out for him there. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next week for Six Nations Week 2, and I'm sure we're going to just have more and more rugby coming as we head into Super Rugby season.